Welcome to the Underground Podcast, the student ministry of Riverside Community Church. We are happy to have you listening in this week. My first time up here since we've been back this uh, school year, and I am just so excited what's already happening. Aren't you loving this room? Yes, I love it. Now, I will be honest, usually they'll do like these series, and I don't know anything about them because it's something they, usually Michael has watched. And I don't really know, but I will tell you a confession. This series, Friday Night Lights, I actually binge watch this Netflix. It's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix though? Hulu. Hulu. But I did binge watch. It became one of my favorite shows. So I was so, so excited when Michael said we were doing a series on this. And the past two weeks have been so awesome. And um, the clear eyes, vision, full heart. And I'm going to speak tonight on Can't Lose. All right. Full Hearts was so good, right? I didn't feel too good. I was at home, but I watched and it was really so good, babe. Um, you know, and I started looking at this, and to be honest, if you'd been with me the past few days, this happens every time I speak, whether it's a Bloom event or whether it's a PCS chapel or whatever it is. Whenever I'm speaking, something always seems to happen the few days before to where I feel like when I get up here, I'm very emotionally drained. Um, I'm usually had a rough week with people or family or something, and it's kind of been one of those weeks for me. So you know what that usually means, though? That we're going to have a good night tonight, right? It usually means that the devil doesn't want me to say what I have to say. So tonight, I really do feel I have something that you guys can take away tonight. And um, as I was looking at this, you know, we talk about can't lose, and sometimes especially in my Christian walk, and um, I have been in church my whole life, so sometimes I have felt like I have lost in certain seasons of my life. And you may feel that way too. You're like, I feel like I lose all the time. And I was even thinking that during the past few days, like, why am I speaking on this? Because right now I feel like a loser with some of the things that were coming at me. But you know, as quick as I said that, I really felt like God was telling me something. And that is that it's in the losing that we find out who we truly are. And we also find out who God really is in our lives. Because it's in the losing that we find Jesus. Because we can't do it without him. We can't do this Christian walk without him. And so tonight I'm going to speak out of Luke 5, 1 through 11. They're going to have it up on the screen for you. Um, So just listen and can read it from there, or if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it on your phone or wherever. So Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets, stepping into one of the boats. Oh, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who eventually becomes Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who also becomes Peter, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees and said, 
Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. He was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Jesus said, I'm moving on down. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing, fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. You know, I want to talk about Simon, who is later named Peter. Um, because I relate to him a lot in the Bible just because he... Did that cut out? He's kind of all over the place. He's a hot mess, like my life, mostly. And so I really relate to him. I, a couple of women that I follow, they have, like, Bible boyfriends. I think Peter would be my Bible boyfriend because he's definitely someone I can relate to. He was kind of a, a hot mess. He denied Jesus. He asked questions all the time. He questioned what Jesus was doing all the time. But, you know, later on, Jesus calls Peter or calls Simon. Peter, which means rock. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And Peter was the one who, after Jesus had died and was resurrected, he's the one that started the church. He's the one that, while we're here standing today, he's the one that started that. And so there's always a plan. No matter what our past is, God always has something awesome. That's just a side note. So I'm going to start with a little story. About 19 years ago now, a little bit, I don't even know if that's accurate, but I had a little nephew who is now 20. Most of you know him. His name's Ethan. Um, yes, he was very cute. That He still is cute. He was very cute. But he was also very strong-willed. We were going to the Festival of Lights. You guys like the Festival of Lights? Christmas time? Okay. Not, not too far away. Not too far away. Um, and that night, I volunteered because I was a nice... 19 year old at the time and I said let me put him in the car for you let me put him in the car seat for you well he was like on the ground having a meltdown tantrum so I like pick him up and he's like flatlined and so I'm like I got I got this I can get him in the car so I'm like pushing him into a seat kind of and he's still fighting me and then he like jumped and he almost fell out of the van so I like quickly grabbed him well in that moment I heard a massive pop in the bottom massive pop in the bottom of my back to where I couldn't walk or lay down for days. Excruciating, excruciating pain. I had a series of um, consultants with doctors after that. They even made me to go to the Festival of Lights still after that had happened. And I couldn't even sit in my chair. I had to like stand in the, ch in the chair because I couldn't even move. I felt like the top of my body had been sliced in, ha sliced in half. You know, like those magicians that slice the, like I felt like my body was ripped in half. And so the next day, my dad's like, well, maybe we should get an x-ray. You think? The big pop can't walk. Maybe I should get an x-ray. So I went, and here's a story in case you guys are wondering. When I was little, apparently I must have fell on my rear and knocked bones together, which had rubbed together for that amount of years. And then when I did that and caught Ethan, they sliced each other. So I had two broken bones in the bottom of my back. All that to say... It was very painful, but I was young enough to where they said surgery was not necessary, that I had growth plates still, and I could still, it could still heal on its own, but let me tell you, I had to go to extensive therapy, extensive therapy for that to happen, and what I realized during that therapy is that every exercise they did caused as much pain as the injury itself, and what I thought, I, would, I, thought I seriously was never going to walk the same again. After that, I thought my life was over. But what I realized was 
through that therapy, that was what was helping it. As excruciating as it was, those hard exercises are what were healing it. The more I moved, the more I was healed. And how many of you have those moments in life where the pain is so excruciating that you think it's over? And there's things that we can do in our life that are so hard, but yet they're necessary for our healing. Physical therapy was so hard. It hurt more than the injury itself, but I knew it was necessary for me to even stand up here today. If I had never gone to that physical therapy, I would have probably had to wear a brace the rest of my life. But sometimes, through the pain, comes the healing. And there's two things I want to share with you tonight that I think can help you in your life. And I want you to write these things down. You see, when I was in youth group, I did always take notes. Our youth pastor made us take notes all the time. But I want you to write stuff down. Write it in your phone. Write it in notes. Because you may not get it tonight. You may think, oh, i got to listen to this message again tonight. But one day you'll say, you know what? I remember something she said that night about that. I remember what she said. And then you'll pull that out and you'll be like, yes, that was it. And that will apply to your life at that time. There's still things that my youth pastor said way back 20-some years ago that I sit and think about. Okay, he said something like this might happen. He said this is how I can navigate that. So please, I'm encouraging you now to take notes. But So the number one thing I feel is prayer. You can, we can come up here and we can say that. Don't tune out on me, okay? <laughs> but part of the Christian life is actually praying believe it or not, right? But I know how it is. I know that sometimes I start to pray and I can fall asleep. Sometimes um, when people say, oh, just pray about it, I'm like, yeah, that's easier said than done. But guys, prayer is what changes things. It may not be immediate. Do you think my dad laid hands on me that night and asked for healing when I couldn't walk? Yeah, he did. But did the healing come that night? No, it didn't. But it did come. And he kept praying for me and kept doing it, but it will come. You know, we often think of prayer as a monologue, as we just do it. Thank you, Jesus, for our food. Amen, right? Or thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for everything you've given me in my life. But you know, actually, prayer is a dialogue. He wants to speak to you as much as you are speaking to him. You know, I feel like in the midst of chaos and pain, he's still always speaking But I think, even in my own life, I focus so much on other voices instead of his voice. I focus on the labels that people place on my life instead of his voice. I hear them calling me a loser instead of his voice saying, no, I've chosen you for such a time as this. I hear other voices or comparison, me compare myself to people and thinking, no, I'll never, never amount to anything. I'll never become what they are. But he's saying, no, I chose you. I have a purpose for you and for you only. We listen to these voices and labels that people place on us, and that will never give us peace. And you may say, how do I know when he's speaking to me? Or how do I know um, during prayer what he's saying? You see, there's a few ways that he can speak to you, and that is through the Bible. When you open your Bible and you read it, if you go to the YouVersion app, There are plans on there for what you're going through. He can speak to you through these verses. He can speak to you through people in your life. When you go to people and you confide in them, you have people keep you accountable. They can be the ones to speak into your life. And finally, if you feel like God is saying something to you and you're like, is that really him? He will give you the most unexplainable peace even in the midst of chaos. So prayer, 
So don't listen to voices around you. Listen to his voice. This is what he says about you. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Another thing I want to talk to you tonight, which I think will help you in this can't lose in your walk with the Lord, and that is persistence. You see, we went, we're going back to the story of Peter. I'm going to call him Peter. He was Simon then, but I'm going to call him Peter. Where they tried all night, but they had given up. You see, when Jesus showed up, they had already given up. They were washing their nets and mending their nets. You see, back in that time period, that was very important. When they would fish, they would lower the nets in to the bottom of the ocean, and then they would pull, pull it up and it would close, and they would bring out the catch. But during that time, they would often bring out debris and dirt, dead fish. They would bring out um, shells, things that they didn't need, sticks and branches, and they would tear the nets, and then they would have to take the fish out and take out the debris as well. So they would have to wash and mend the nets and that's very important. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But this is what Jesus says. He watched, he's watched them mend the nets. He's talked to the crowd. The crowd has leaned in. He says, I want you to go deeper. I'm going to let me go back a minute. Sorry, I went down in my notes. This iPad, I'm telling you, my note cards were better. <laughs> okay. Um, but we, do, <laughs> we get so caught up in the dirt and the debris and the mess that we miss what could have been there if we just go deeper. You see, Jesus came and he said, I want you to go out deeper and I want you to lower the nets again. And Simon, Peter, who, like I told you, he's a hot mess. He had to question everything Jesus said. He's like, all right, well, we've been out there all night. So, but I guess we'll do it. If you said so, we'll do it. Well, we know what happens. He lowered them. And they came out and they had more than they ever thought. It was almost sinking the boat, how much they had. You see, we get so caught up in the debris and the dirt that we forget. If we just go a little deeper, if we could just try a little bit harder, if we just persist a little more, that maybe there's a wind coming for us. Maybe there's a catch coming for us. You see, Peter questioned Jesus but his issue led to his purpose his problem led to his purpose because further down it says that he after that follows leaves his nets and he follows Jesus you know I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about when I felt like I had been benched a little bit because let's face it, in this life, in this game we call life, we're going to have fumbles. We're going to have injuries. There's going to be times of anger when we look at the ref who is God and we say, why did you make that call? There's going to be times when we're put on the bench and feeling like the outside looking in. And we're going to question why he made that call. Why did you bench me right now? 
Why did you take that person from me? Why did you give me this home life? Why am I dealing with this anger? Why am I dealing with this depression? The questions. And I'm going to tell you, I had a time in my life where I did what Caitlin is doing, and that is a thing called ACE teams for a year. I took a year out, and I um, trained for three months, and we went on the road for seven months. But during that time, I was in a relationship that was not a good relationship for me. I wasn't supposed to be in a relationship, but kind of the long distance we were, um, which that was red flag number one, probably going against authority. But um, he um, was my life. He was my best friend all through for high, from high school for a couple years. I had um, poured my heart and my soul into this relationship. It was not good for me. It was a very toxic relationship. Um, and then also, back in, the day, back in the day, we had these things called phone cards because we didn't have cell phones. Well, there probably were, but it was like in the car and it was like this big. But um, we didn't have cell phones. We had a thing called a phone card. Well, a girl on my team had a phone card. My parents would never let me have a phone card because of the story I'm about to tell you. But um, my friend had a phone card. And what you don't know is the guy that I was um, best friends with <laughs> was also doing ACEMS, but he was in Australia. So I thought it would be a great idea to just call him on her phone card in Australia. But you don't understand, these phone cards were expensive, okay? So you're talking like every minute was probably, you know, $5 a minute. So I would call him, talk to him for long periods of time. I'm like, it can't be that much. Call in Australia, it can't be that much, right? So one day, my last month on ACE teams, I get a phone call from my dad. And he's like, um, so you still thinking about a second year being a leader on ACE teams? Because you could go back and be a leader for a second year of a team. It's like, yeah, Dad, I just feel like that's what um, God wants me to do. And he's like, well, you're not going. And I said, why? And he said, well, um, apparently your relationship with Jeremy is way more important than your relationship with God because you've raised almost a $1,000 phone bill on your friend's phone card. And I've had her mom calling me saying there's a $1,000 phone bill. And let me tell you, that may feel, seem like a stupid story, but that changed the direction of my life. A stupid decision just to call a guy that I was best friends with and I couldn't not talk to in that moment became something that changed the direction of my life. That was probably the worst no of my life. It was humiliating. I couldn't go on ACE for a second year because of something stupid I did. The hardest no. I talked bad about my parents about it. They were stupid. I can't believe they would do this to me. I'm going to be the best leader A-Seams has ever seen. Why would they do that? But let me tell you, it took me into a season that I needed to be in. It was a season of questioning, and it was a season of darkness, doubting, fumbling pretty hard, falling pretty hard. It was dark. It was lonely. And I lost him anyway. The guy that I poured my heart and soul into, instead of pouring my heart and soul into God, he left me anyway. And I remember thinking I was such a loser. What was I going to do now? 
I'd lost the guy I was going to marry. I'd lost my direction of ministry that I felt that God was taking me on. I had, was working in a daycare, living at home, no money, wondering where God was going to take my life. Was he ever going to use me again because of stupid decisions I had made? But I felt in the midst of the losing that Jesus actually came and picked me up. And it was in the midst of the losing that I actually found who I was in him. Not who I was in my own strength, but who I was in him. And my life verses have become Psalm 73 two. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. Down to verse 23 and 24. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You've got me with your leading me to a glorious destiny. You know, one thing I love about this passage of scripture I've said tonight, and I feel like I've kind of raced through this, but um, one thing I loved about it was at the end when Peter said in verse 5, yeah, he questioned him, and he was like, yeah, well, we've done this all night. We've done this all night, and you're telling us to go out deeper and do it again? But this is what he said. But if you say so, but if you say so, I will. And you know what happened. Did it. You know, there's been times in my life, and I know, and I'm wondering if there's times in your life when you're like, Jesus, you know what? I've tried. I've been benched. That's how I felt in that season of my life, like I was benched and watching everyone else move on with their life, and I was just stuck. When I felt like a failure, when the things that I dreamt of were just passing me by and I was watching everyone else getting the things that I dreamt of. When I was asking God, like, why did you make that call? Why? Why would you take that relationship away from me after three years? Why would you take a ministry away from me that I felt called to? Why would you take a leadership position that I thought I was ready for? But if you say so. If only I had had that attitude of, but if you say so. Because knowing that that was going to take me deeper, and it was going to help me to drop my nets deeper to where I would get a catch that I never expected, a marriage I never expected, beyond anything that would have ever been. And now to step up on this platform and to be able to share the word of God, it may have taken a lot longer than I expected it to, but here I am. Preaching the word of God, which is what I've always wanted to do, but he just had to wash those nets a little bit. He had to take out some of that debris. He had to mend those nets so I could go out deeper and have something bigger and better than I ever, ever could have imagined for myself. That would have been bigger and better than anything if I'd have stepped into it 20 years ago. You see, God always has something bigger and better. That's why we can't lose. It may feel like we're losing, but we're actually finding him. 
we find out who we truly are, but we also find out how big of a God he is and that he has something greater and better than we could ever dream up for ourselves. And so I wanna ask you tonight, after those two points, it says in that passage that the crowd leaned in to listen. And as I talked about prayer tonight, when was the last time that you really leaned in to listen to what he had to say to you? When was the last time you really quiet, quieted the voices around you and listened to what he said about you? Which is that you're chosen, that you're called, that you're special, that you're a masterpiece, that he created you in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. Those nights when you lay in your bed crying yourself to sleep, he's there. That it's a dialogue and in those moments when you feel alone, start talking to him because he's right there. When was the last time you leaned in to listen? When was the last time you had a dialogue with him instead of a monologue yelling at him, asking why he's doing what he's doing? He knows what he's doing. And it may stink, just like that therapy was awful. Those therapists knew what they were doing. It felt like it was causing more pain, but it was actually healing my back. Are you going to be persistent? Or are you going to give up like Peter did and said, you know what? I've done it all night. I've reached out to that person before and they never reached back. I've tried talking to him before. I'm not talking to him again. I've tried this Christian life before, but people hurt me. Listen to Michael's sermon on Sunday. Uh, offense. People are going to hurt you. People are people no matter where you're at. But it's when we persist, when we push through, when we feel like we're not getting through, that's about when we're going to break through. Because he has an amazing future for your life if you would just persist and not give up. Are you going to have the attitude that says, but if you say so. But if you say so, God, if you say this is all going to work out, okay, I'll do it. I'll go deeper. And it's going to take practical things in your life. It's going to take getting leaders around you. And we're going to start small groups next week. It's going to take you leaning into that leader in your life and letting them speak into your life. It's going to take accountability in your life. If you just persist. Because he will never give up on you. He will always come running after you. And so tonight I'm going to ask a simple question. This may have been deeper than I thought really, but I feel like we needed to go there. We talked about clear eyes, which is a vision for our life, that we can see that God has a vision for our lives and how we see people, our full hearts, our love for people, loving others. But can't lose is sometimes hard. 
because we sometimes always feel like we're losing more than we're winning. You guys face way more than our generation ever faced. But there's still the same God that our generation had. And you have to say, but if you say so. And you have to hold on to him in those moments. It said, my foot almost slipped and you reached down. He will always be there to reach down after you. So tonight I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. No looking around. Let's close our eyes, whatever you want to do. But don't look around. And I'm going to ask you tonight, if that's you, you're saying, you know, I, I've tried this thing that you guys talk about all week, all, every week. What you talk about at Mission Peoria, what you talk about Sunday, well, Sunday mornings, the junior higher upstairs, but what you guys talk about all the time, I've tried it, but sometimes I just feel like I can never win at it. I seem like I'm failing more than I'm winning. But it's in the failing and it's in the losing that we find who we are and who we are not. And we find out who he is and he is everything we are not. So tonight I'm going to ask you, and I'm not going to have you come to the front. We're going to, I don't know if we're, I don't think we're singing tonight, but I'm going to just have you stand up tonight. If it's you and you're saying, you know what, I want to lean in a little closer. I want to go a little deeper. I want him to clean out some of that debris in my life. I want him to clean out some mess and mend some of those nets so that I can go deeper and that I can persist in this relationship with him and go further in my relationship with him. If that is you, I want you to stand up right now. No one else looking around. If that's you and you're saying, you know, I want to go deeper in my walk with God. I want to lean in and listen to his voice. I don't want to listen to the voices around me anymore. I want to be who he has created me to be, not what others say that I am. If that's you, just stand up right now. And I'm going to pray for you. And if you're struggling in your walk with the Lord, don't wait for next week's small group. Find a leader in the room. Talk to them. Get their number so we can check in with you and help you in this walk. So I'm going to pray over you now. Father, I thank you so much for this series. I thank you that we can find a clear vision of who you are, that we can have full hearts of love that you pour out to people, that it can overflow through us, out to others, God. And I pray tonight in this can't lose night, that those nights and those days where we feel like we are losing more than we're winning, God, that you would come in and say, oh, no, 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 that's right where I want you. This is where I'm going to do my work. This is where I'm going to clean out the debris. This is where I'm going to mend the nets. This is where I'm going to lower them into a little deeper place for a bigger harvest for me. And Lord, help us to be the ones that lean in and listen to your voice over the other voices, that we would know who we are in you, that what others say about us does not matter. It's what you say about us that matters. And that we would persist, that we would hang on, that we would keep going, that we would lean in, and that we would say, but if you say so, if you say so, I will. 
God, I thank you for each and every student in here. I thank you for being with us tonight. I thank you for them leaning in and listening to what you had to say tonight, God. And I pray that you would just be with us the rest of the night, that we would connect with each other, that you would be with us throughout the rest of the week. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To keep up to date with Underground students, follow us on our socials at UndergroundPIA.